Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 13 of the NBA Intel Podcast. Your regular host, Kim Bumani, with my co-host, Clement Gibson. Haven't been with you guys for a couple weeks, but um, a lot has happened. A lot has happened. We're still in the first round of the NBA playoffs, and we'll get to a plethora of big-time topics from those events very soon. But before we dive into that, Clem, I want to talk about the breaking news a little bit from yesterday. Ime Udoka is a Houston Rocket. He will be coaching the Houston Rockets this upcoming season. We don't know the contractual details yet, but it's been confirmed that he has accepted the job to coach the young Rockets squad. Looking at that for what it is right now, Clem, on the surface, how do you think this can impact this team on the positive side? And what will you really be intrigued by from this organization going forward with Udoka at the helm? Yeah, I love the way you framed it with the positive side because I have – it's a little petty. <laughs> I have um, a positive side and a negative side. So a potential negative, let me say. Positive, I am a big fan of what the Houston Rockets have been building. Um, I like what Shingun can do offensively. He's not the best on-ball defender, but he makes some good weak side defensive plays, blocks, things like that. Um, really love what he's becoming. Obviously, Jabari Smith. He showed more talent towards the end of the season as he found his groove, especially defensively, too. So really interested to see um, if Yudoka can anchor the defense around him. And another sleeper pick on their team, Tari Eason, another good defender. Um, also, I believe it's just finished his rookie year as well. So um, those two, 6'8", uh, Tari Eason, who can guard threes, fours, twos, and then Jabari Parker, who in today's NBA is probably going to be guarding anywhere from a two to a five. Um, really anxious to see how he, you know, shapes them into be defensive studs. And then obviously, you know, Jalen uh, Jalen Green, sorry. Um, his offensive capability, he has athleticism, I think, just like Book. He's more athletic than Book, but I think he's a guy who plays with a lot of heart and effort. Um, and that goes a long way defensively. So really excited to see there. I really hope they get Scoot Henderson at the one. Um, and his athletic ability, too. He's a, a tank at his position. So I think they have some really good upside. Now, the negative side I was speaking on, look, we know he's had his issues, um, especially pertaining to, you know, uh, women, women in um, and, you know, Houston got some women in them, all right? Uh, they got some spots known for women in them, okay? Um, so that, that uh, off-court stuff, I think, is probably my biggest concern. I hope he learned from the situation and could be a little more discreet or just not do it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, definitely would hate to see some leaked news about him being in the downtown strip clubs with, with some of his players or some, some craziness happening. But uh, I love the move overall. I think it's going to take them to the next level. And I think I can see them being like a um, maybe not as good as OKC this year, but I can see them competing for like a play in next year. Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. Um, I think, look, I had the opportunity this past season to watch the Houston Rockets a lot because I had two or three guys on my fantasy team that played with the Rockets organization. Um, Sengun, like you stated before, phenomenal offensive talent. He's defensively challenged, and I think a lot of it has to do with his lack of athleticism. He's an undersized five. He reminds me a lot of David Lee. You remember David Lee played for the Knicks mm -hmm, and the Warriors. Yeah. So I think 
his long-term potential may be to be potentially a second unit small ball big in certain lineups. And so I think a guy like Udoka coming in, he's going to challenge all of these guys to be more defensive, defensively oriented first. And I think that's going to help a lot with the likes of Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., Tari East, and these athletic guys who have the measurables and the skill set to be factors on the perimeter. Sengun will probably be on the outside looking in on that, but I think he still stays within the squad. Uh, no, no, outside looking in in standpoint of starting. I think he'll still be on the team, but I don't You don't think he's going to start? I don't. I don't really think that's so. That's crazy that's, that's just me personally. Now, okay, Jalen Green, uh, very explosive guard, um, super athletic. When he came out, I, he reminded me a little bit of Vince Carter. Um, he's not the most efficient scorer. I think that's a huge issue with him, but I think we can take his game to the next level. Is coaching and a point guard. You said Scoot Henderson. We've heard about the James Harden rumors really since Christmas. I'm curious to see what Udoka being hired. Will Harden want to go there? Now, granted, it doesn't seem like he has an issue being coached hard by Doc Rivers, but Udoka is going to demand Harden to be defensively focused, and he's not a defensively focused guy. Is Udoka going to want that type of individual on that squad? Who knows? I think the best-case situation for the Rockets is they pick second, you get Scoot Henderson. You establish your backcourt of the future with Henderson and Green. Super athletic, tons of defensive upside. And then you go from there. But I think he's going to get the best out of them. On the defensive side, that's important. The offensive talent is there. It really comes down to you have the coach. What will be the GM's vision this upcoming season and beyond? Because you have a ton of young talent. Now you need to kind of be focused on, can we implement the right veteran leadership? Can we implement some guys that probably weren't on the squad the past few years that can come in and be impact players? These are things that remain to be seen. Now, Udoka, you touched on it. Would be right if I don't do it as well. Off the court issues. If he's a professional, this could be successful. If he's not, this could be really bad. Because unfortunately, he's not in a situation like he was in Boston, where when Steven stepped down, he took over really within a system that was kind of well already made. It was tailor-made. Now, he created an identity and a culture that took them over the top to the finals, which Stevens was never really able to establish. But Tatum was already entrenched in the league as somebody that was a rising star. Brown was starting to take that next step. He just really came in and put the battery in her back. Now in Houston, he's going to have to put the battery in her back, but also fast-track the development of a lot of these young guys. So he doesn't have time for the foolishness. He doesn't have time for the bullcrap. He needs to be locked in on his profession and his job because retooling the Houston Rockets is a full-time job. This is not a good basketball team in the standpoint of they don't have a lot of structure. They don't have a lot of cohesion. You've heard John Wall talk about how the Rockets for the past two years wasn't literal professional basketball. They were an unprofessional basketball team in his eyes in the NBA. You got a guy like Udoka who's going to instill a newfound culture, but he's got to be all the way in and making sure everything he lays out on the table is followed through by his players, which means consummate professional 24-7. Your final thoughts? Um, I don't think it'll be as hard as it may seem just because I think he's going to come in and he's going to have um, guys that he trusts from that Popovich um, pipeline. So the structure and the culture is going to be set. And then – the reason why it was so unprofessional in Houston, I think, is because they were openly tanky. Um, so you basically had young guys like not only in the 
like not playing with veterans or not in the locker room with very many veterans, but pretty much getting told to just go out there and do whatever because we're trying to lose as many games and keep stocking up these picks. So I think once he gets there, what even if it was a regular coach, like the the shift of the mindset will happen. I think the older they get because there's going to be like, okay, we have enough picks now to start competing. But like I said, I like the move. Um, I just want Udoka to, you know, keep some things where they're supposed to be. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm rooting for him. I want him to do good. I want him to do good. I'm rooting for him, too, because I like the potential on this Houston squad. Udoka mm-hmm. just got to be on the straight and narrow because there were talks. There were talks, Clem. We heard him. He mm-hmm. may never get a coaching job again, and he's got okay. he's got an, he's got another opportunity. But we can agree if he messes this up, it's over. So you sleep on Shangun though. Sleep on Shangun. I'm, I'm not sleep on Shangun. I, I think really I not. think he was he was our. I wouldn't say he's the he was the best player this year, but I think arguably he's the second best player on that team right now. I don't I don't even think that's a hot take. I agree with you. I had Shangun in fantasy. I just know Shangun defensively is challenged, and we all know. Yudoka is going to put out a starting five where at least all of these guys can play defense. Now, he's got to come, he's got to go out and get a five man because we could agree Jabari Smith's a four. You got to get a defensive oriented five man because they don't really have that right now. But if they do that, Shingun's going to go to the second unit. And I don't think that's bad. I mean, I've heard conversations they may trade Shingun potentially to get somebody else. I don't know. I mean, so we'll see. We'll see, Indy. But We'll be locked in to some Houston Rocket games for sure in 2024. Uh, Start off with the topics, my guy. The Miami Heat, the Los Mm. Angeles Lakers. Mm. We're at the brink of upset victories. Now, we're going to start with the Heat. And they've won two games, Clem, against the top seed, the top overall seed in the playoffs, Milwaukee Bucks. They've won two games without Giannis in the lineup. And then they won last night with Giannis in the lineup. But my biggest takeaway for the Heat so far, and this really hasn't been talked about a lot, coming into the playoffs, Quim, they were the fourth worst three-point shooting team in the NBA. And three other victories in this series, because they're up 3-1, they've shot the ball from beyond at an elite clip, 15 of 25 in game one, 16 of 33 in game three, 13 of 32 in game four. You're looking at it all. I mean, we all understand Jimmy Butler last night was incredible. I mean, he threw that 56, kept him alive in the first, sealed the deal in the fourth. But the surprising thing about the Heat in this series is their three-point shooting has been sustainable. We all thought after game one, like, oh, that's a flash in the plan. We don't think that they can keep it up. And they have. Do you feel like that is the common denominator that will get them over the top in this series? Or is it something more? Um, I think the thing that's going to get them over the top is Bud's coaching. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if if he doesn't double Jimmy Butler, like that's pretty much what it comes down to. I I I understand the 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 numbers behind it and all of that, but I think this is like pretty clear here. All right, you take. I mean, what Jimmy finished with almost fifty percent of their team's points last night. Did and. Drew Holiday was playing defense on him, and Giannis had he, he got some of those buckets on Giannis too. So it's not like he was doing this on like some bums or scrubs. Like these are probably 
you throw Brooke Lopez in there, probably three guys of the top 10 guys who are going to make an all-NBA defensive team this year. So he was putting up numbers on some studs defensively, but I don't even think it's going to come down to the X's and O's or three-point shooting. I think it's really just going to have to be anybody but Jimmy has to beat us. Um, obviously, Giannis' health plays a factor. I don't know what's going on with Chris Middleton, like his health-wise, but I don't even think they need him per se to get out of this first-round series. I think what they need is to just make sure that they get the ball out of Jimmy's hands. I know Drew Holiday's a great defender. I know Giannis is a great defender. But put your pride aside, because that's what it's really coming down to. It's like, let's trust our schemes. Let's trust our system. We're a championship-winning team. Yes, all that is true. But you have to adjust if somebody's playing to that caliber and you have a a big advantage where Jimmy Butler, who we know where he scores the majority of his points, he's going to get his. But you want to make it as tough as possible. Like Bam's not a guy who's going to be super assertive on offense. He's had games. But for him to do that three games straight, I just don't see it happening. And I, I saw a stat today. I was listening to uh, First Things First. I think it's like Jimmy, Jimmy's and, and Miami are one in seven when he scores more than 35 points or something like that in the game. So when he scores at a super high clip, it all, it doesn't always result in a winning uh, a record for them. So I would force the ball out of his hands, make Kyle Lowry beat me. And then on top of that, they left, they lost their second best score. They lost probably arguably their best scorer off the bench in Victor Oladipo, who had a couple DNPs earlier in the game uh, series. But still, like they're down two guys, like and Kyle Lowry's. I mean, he's just now starting to play like the past Kyle Lowry that we've seen. But it's still like, bro, it's not that hard. Make Gabe Vincent give you thirty. Make Kyle Lowry give you thirty. Make Bam give you thirty-five. Make Caleb Martin give you 25. Like, bro, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You got you got three top 10 defenders on your team. All right. They will rotate and 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 adjust it, whatever the case may be. But there's no reason for them to be down like this, even with Giannis a little banged up. Like I it's just bad coaching, bro. Honestly. You're not lying. And while I do agree. Doubling Jimmy Butler is like half the battle. I think that would make a lot of things much more clear effectively for the Bucs. Um, we got to be honest. The Miami Heat are a depleted basketball team. But yes. even before they were depleted, they were an undersized basketball team. Your man Bam yes. should not be playing the five. So my mantra when it comes to undersized basketball teams, having levels of success in the playoffs, you got to at least be on par with controlling the glass and kill it from beyond the arc. And they've done both. I think the aspect I haven't really touched on is the rebounding battle this series. So Milwaukee won the rebounding battle by only two boards, Clem, in game one, 38 to 36. They won it by four boards in game two, 45 to 41. And then Miami won the rebounding battle in game three and four by seven and by one. Couple that with the fact that they can't miss, bro. bro they can't miss from deep. Like, this is beyond just a double Jimmy and Jimmy. Because Jimmy Jimmy is doing his thing. But, bro, like, they've made 
looking at the statistics, they've made 42 threes this series. Jimmy Butler's only made eight of them. He's only made eight of them. So everybody else is making them pay from beyond. And this is huge, Clem, because Bam Adebayo has been awful this series. So he's supposed to play like your second best player. He hasn't delivered. Tyler Hero broke his hand game one, so he's in my A. Victor Oladipo broke his patella, his kneecap, so he's not there. So that means collectively the team is shooting out of their minds. And I haven't even talked about the bench, Clem. All right. Game four, the bench had 32 points. Game three, the bench had 59 points, bro. Game one, the bench had 38 points. You know what this reminds me of? When the I Believe Warriors beat the Mavs, where they beat them because they went small, they couldn't miss, everybody collectively did their aspect, they did their part, and they won in six. And, you know, looking at the game last night when Jimmy went off for 59, you're thinking, 56 rather, you're thinking like, dang, like Jimmy, Jimmy really carried them. And he did in the first and fourth quarter. But those second and thirds where they stayed in it, it was Caleb Martin. It was Kevin Love. It was Duncan Robinson who never got playing time. He came in and delivered. They're doing this as a collective. And it was crazy because coming into the series, we are all this talk about, man, Miami and their undrafted players on their roster. Got like seven of them. It's just Jimmy and, and randoms. Bam isn't delivering as a second option. Well, Bam still is, is trash right now. But everybody else <laughs> is picking up their – they're picking up their slack. And, I, and it's like – Usually when you see a team that's the underdog or underman, they may have one game for them where they just shoot out of their minds. Bro, they got three. <laughs> they got three games, and they won all of them. And so I think it with Coach Bud, it kind of reminds me of last year in the playoffs versus Boston, where it was like, we're going to take away the paint and make Boston beat us from beyond. And they did. Kind of doing the same thing with the heat because i think he's looking at the law averages it's like well miami top five worst three-point shooting team in the league they don't have to shoot jumpers on us and they're burning you so bud has to make an adjustment he's probably one of the worst adjusting coaches i've ever seen in my life it's not good um taylor jenkins is no better guess what they're both from the same tree so we're gonna get to taylor jenkins later but like they don't adjust and the playoffs is about adjusting so i think they have their attention now so I'm expecting game five, which I think the Bucs will win. I'm expecting for the rest of the series, Milwaukee will make some adjustments. But Miami, they just need one more game this series to shoot out of their minds. And it's over because they've done it before this series and they've won all the games. And I think this is where we're at. I, I don't, like Butler is a great player, great playoff performer. But when your bench continuously gets outplayed, and you continuously lose the three-point shooting battle. And as Milwaukee, you're a top 10 three-point shooting team in the league. And you're letting the fourth worst three-point shooting team in the league outshoot you. You're not winning. You're not winning anything. And that's where you're at. Look, I, I respect the rebound and, and the three-point um, take you just made. But Cam, that that is the, the these two specific <laughs> statistics are why. I don't think they should be winning right now. Bro, they were the 27th worst or um the uh wait, one, two, fourth worst team fourth all year right. rebounding. Yes. They were the fourth worst three-point shooting team all year. And granted, I know the playoffs is different. I and I let me preface by even saying this. I'm the one, obviously Deshaun in the group chat as well. Support somebody in the heat. But I'm the one who's always talking about, yeah, like don't you sleep were. on the heat. 
No sleep mm-hmm. on Bam. And Bam isn't playing that well. He's only averaging about 17 points, eight rebounds. But regression to the mean, bro. This goes back to my whole trade D Trade D Trade him at his highest peak. Why? Because he's going to regress to the mean. And that's what's going to happen in this series, I believe. They're making their threes now, and that's great. But we just saw them get out rebounded by the Hawks. That's why they yeah. ended up playing the Bucks. Yeah. So it's been going good, but we know this is not what they do. So if you're right. doing it at a high level right now, it's like, okay, that's good, but is it sustainable? No, it's not. So when they start to actually double Jimmy, right, and get it out of his hands, and now they're forcing guys to shoot three-pointers, and they start regressing to the mean, it's going to be like, oh, well, they have been shooting way uh, above their standard. Now they're coming back down. And I'm sure Tyler Hero had a lot to do with that percentage being higher. Unless Duncan Robinson is just some kind of – well, he is a three-point specialist, but unless he's just some kind of world beater from three that you're just going to be like, all right, well, he ain't played all year damn near, but he going to come in here and light us up. Like, no, it's not going to happen. Like, make everybody else give you 30 except for Jimmy. They were up like seven points. Yeah. Like, with, with, with minutes left in the game. Game control there. Like, <laughs> call a timeout, regroup, double Jimmy. It's a 2-2 series right now. Oh, hey, what do I know? What I mean, I know? look, you're not lying. And you're right. Do I think the Miami Heat will sustain this level of three-point productivity? The rest of the playoffs? No. But guess what? They only got to do it one more game. <laughs> and they move it but on. they already did it three times. Three times. <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, it's like, bro, it's they like this series. <laughs> this series is like March Madness, bro. Like we we all hear about in NCAA. Like what makes that playoff format incredible is they don't have a seven game series. It's who can be hot for five straight games against different teams. Miami's bringing that mentality, but they're in a seven game dogfight and they're out shooting the Bucks. And you're right, doubling Jimmy Butler that's half the battle. But you know you double the best player if you swing that ball right. Cats gonna get open looks. So so now that's what we're banking on. We're banking on they're gonna miss. Caleb Martin hit two (laughs) daggers, bro, in the corner, contested. That's what we're banking on. If if, if your life depended on it, you want you want Caleb Martin shooting for it? You want him to shoot for your life? Okay. (laughs) What do you say? But right now, when the heat life depends on it, he's delivering. He's delivering. He's delivering. Now also, now also gotta 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 tap into this. Giannis and Brooke, they do they do their thing last night. They had 62 yeah. points combined. But Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were 10 of 31, bro. And their bench has been a no-show. It's been a no-show all series. Their bench is getting outplayed. So my takeaway is they're gonna have to adopt that Phoenix Suns playoff mentality. Like what the Suns doing. The Suns realize, look, we don't really have a bench. So we're gonna have to our stars are gonna have to play like 40 some minutes. And they're gonna have to produce high level of production for us to to win. And so they need Middleton. They need Holiday. They can't go 10 to 31 combined, bro. They can't. They can't. They got to go half of that, bro. You got to go 15 to 25. They need their starters to destroy Miami starters to where when the second unit comes in, the gap between your starters and their second unit is just astronomical. You're able to get the W. And so, look, I felt like when Giannis went out in game one, I said it, bro. I'm like, I think they're going to need Giannis to beat the Heat. 
They need Giannis to beat the Heat, bro. I even as I beat up as Miami are, they need him because what Giannis does is phenomenal playmaker, defensive prowess. He he was causing havoc on the defensive side early on, but he slows the game down. And I think it's weird, bro. They need him to slow it down because Miami's playing up tempo, which is not their style, by the way. Miami is a very slow paced team. And they're beating Milwaukee at their own game. I, I've never seen nothing like this, bro. Like I've never seen a team come into the playoffs so trash shooting, undersized, undermanned, and they play the same style as the favorites and beat them at their own game. It's like a triple option team goes up against a spread option attack in football, and he just throw the ball better than them. And that's not how their offense is designed. Their offense is designed to run the rock. And so this is – and we're going to get to the Lakers-Grizzlies series right about now. I think this is what makes these two series, Lakers-Grizzlies, Miami-Milwaukee, so crazy. It's the things that the winning squads right now don't do well, they're doing well at the expense of the opposition that they're playing. And I'm going to go right into Memphis and L.A. So the Lakers, bro, they were the seventh seed. All right, I'm going to be honest. I didn't see it, bro. I didn't see them winning. I was like, Lakers in five, Lakers in what? I don't see them winning this series because everybody's perspective was they got AD. They got LeBron. And I'm like, that's fine, but LeBron's not what he used to be. Now, he, now he was when it mattered, though, last night, and that's all that matters. Anthony Davis, he runs hot and cold. These second, these consular pieces, these role players, can they step up? Because we all thought coming in, Memphis had depth. Even with, even with Adams, even with Clark out, we felt like they had the better, better – bench supporting class to go with Ja, Desmond, Jaren. But then game one happened. Rui Hachimura, I'll score the whole bench, bro. I'll score the Lakers whole bench. 29 to 24. Austin Reeves had 22. I call game one for the Lakers the role player game. Their role players delivered. Game yeah. four, I'm going to say the same thing. The role players delivered. D'Lo hit three straight threes when they were down seven. That changed everything because it looked like Memphis was going to run away. All right, Lakers bench outscored the Grizzlies, bro, 28 to 19. All five Lakers starters, Clem, last night were in double figures. D'Angelo Russell and Vanderbilt combined for 32 points, bro. Austin Reeves had 23. Look, man, we we you, we just, we just got done talking about the Heat, bro. Like, they not like this. I'm going to be honest. The Lakers role players really ain't like this, but they've been like this this series. And this is why I think they're going to move on to the second round. Do you agree? Is it more so the Lakers' consulary pieces continuing their consistent level of play or the star power and dominance of AD and LeBron? I think it's the star power. You already know what side I'm on. Ah, uh, so, you go. <laughs> when, we, when, we, when, we, when we talked before the series started, my and it's funny because last year there was a there was a possibility that this was going to be a matchup, and I kept saying when AD and LeBron are both healthy, I gotta see them get beat before I think somebody like gonna knock them out. But they never got healthy, or actually they did get healthy, but they just weren't it able was to too make late. the playoffs. Yeah, it was too late. Yeah. Now we're seeing it come to fruition, and I so, I mean, I still I still don't know. I think I think the Lakers will win just because. I just can't see them beating LeBron three times. The only reason they may not win now is if they're not healthy. And coming into the series, that was my main thing. When you were like, I don't understand it. I was like, I, I completely understand it. My whole take on it was just that I don't think LeBron or 
and or AD would be able to play 45 minutes a night at a high enough clip without one of them getting injured enough to win this series. But then, you know, John Moran's hand, whole situation. So he missed the game. They still won without him. You know, that's not nothing new. Um, and although AD isn't playing at a quote unquote superstar level, I think if you really dive into it, Dude, almost averaging five blocks a game, bro. Oh, yeah, he's, like, he's controlling and, the line, bro. Yeah. Even the shots he's not blocking, he's, he's affecting. affecting. Yeah. And I think Kenny Smith made a great point um, on inside the NBA. Um, he was talking about how pretty much AD's prime instinct and, like, what he just does naturally is defensively. Yeah. Like, when he was at Kentucky, he wasn't, like, this dominant scorer. No. And he was – by far the best player on the court every single night oh, yeah. he played. But, like, he wasn't dominating with points, per se. Like, he was dominating on the rebounding and the defense. The, the, the defense, oh, yeah. And yeah. if you even look at the Lakers now, credit to LeBron, too. Like, he wasn't really getting his shots or used one for seven from three. He had only had 20 points, like, but the 20 rebounds, bro, like yeah, finding a way to get it assists. done when it matters. Yeah. And we were just talking about rebounding with the Hawks. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, with the Heat. The Lakers are the second best rebounding team in the playoffs right now. Right behind uh, a Philly. Only by 0.5 at that, right? So you got LeBron at 6'9", 260, whatever he is. He's blocking shots in the paint. AD's down there. So the paint's clogged, bro. And this is my the, – the, the same thing I've been saying about Memphis from the beginning. Y'all been saying I'm a hater. Y'all been saying, oh, uh, you don't believe in them and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, I believe in Ja. Okay? I believe in Ja. And, and like I said in the chat, Triple J has convinced me that he is um, a better scorer. And Bane, you know, had a hell of a night. But – what they do best is at the rim. And it's like when you can shut off the best player like that, like as good as Ja is going to the rim, it's going to be tough to go in and score over AD or LeBron over and over and over and over again. And it, and then Jared Vanderbilt does a good job on him too. So they're closing off the paint. They're not making their threes. And the Lakers are doing a good job defensively and rebounding. So it's like I could see it. My only the only reason why I didn't want to pick them is because I don't think AD is going to make the decision, and I still don't. I mean, hell, yeah, like, he, was, he was breaking down. He, yeah, every, look, every, every time, every bro. game, every, every game, time, bro. Yeah. Every game, like they in game five, he might go down and be out for the series. Which now is you why, got LeBron yeah. playing forty eight minutes a game, yeah. and you see how gassed he was. Mm-hmm. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So yeah. just just imagine like if AD goes down, all bets are off. They could lose this series. If LeBron, he the planner fanciitis, like before he went to go see the LeBron James defeat, he was told he needed to have surgery. So I think that's why he's being so tentative. Like he's settling more for jump shots and he's picking his spot. So if you really watch, like he it was like a genius last night, bro. If you really watch, like, most of that fourth quarter, he was deferring. Like, he gets to the rim. Jaron Jackson come over. He kicks it out. He kicked it out to Rui Hachimura. He kicked it out to Austin Reed. kicked it out to 
uh, um, everybody on the on the perimeter. And I, I'm like, damn, why you know, like why he being soft, bro? Take take this dude to the hole. But if you really look at how he set it up, he made it so when he was ready to drive, they were already ready to like rotate. Oh yeah, Brown's not about oh, yeah, to shoot this. Yeah. And then he boop, put it up on the glass. Did the high ball. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he's he can still pick his spots when he needs to do it. But it's like I just feel like at this point asking him to score 30 points a game is just not reliable. But I think that's gonna that's what's gonna happen because I feel like if AD goes down, he's going to have to do that for them to win. So of course. I'm doing a lot of teeter tatting. I think they'll win. Yeah, they should hey, win. Memphis, yeah. Memphis is 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 not all right in the West, and I think they're going home in the first round. And yeah. when next year starts, I want y'all to not forget this because <laughs> I don't forget this. I feel you. I feel you. Um, this series for the Lakers, AD's defense and clutch role play shooting, it's been a difference. All right, I mean, we all you touch base on it. I'm I'm gonna dive into it. I don't think people realize how dominant Anthony Davis was in college just on one side of the basketball court. like yeah. defensively he was phenomenal like he bro like bro he would take over the paint bro block every shot alter every shot and then he could guard on a perimeter like he was that mm-hmm. nice so when the offense caught up to his defensive ability it's over like we all understand bro when he's healthy and he's engaged He's a top five player, and I see a lot of Laker fans. They have this love hate relationship with him because they feel like a lot of times the effort isn't there. But I think the reason why the effort isn't there is because he's afraid to get hurt. Like I, I think he realizes, bro, if I go really hard, I, I could be out for a long time. And then he reaggravated the hip injury again. He was laboring. That's probably why he only had twelve points. Now him and LeBron mustered it up when it mattered in overtime and came through with the dub. But look, game five is very important for the Lakers, bro. I, they got to win that game, bro. And I don't, I don't think they will, because I think Memphis is gonna come in. And, yeah, I don't think they will. Yeah, and I think they gonna handle business at the crib. But the more this series extends, the danger of Anthony getting hurt, and if he gets hurt, they're losing. I, I think they'll lose. Yeah. And I, and so I, I think it's really important for LA to come out game five and handle business. I just don't think they will. I think Memphis is a different team at home, but. Look, the rebounding aspect—they win in six, though. They should. Um, the rebounding aspect is real. Grizzlies miss Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark. I thought it would catch up to him against Jokic. <laughs> it caught up to him against the Lakers, and like, yeah, they're they're literally a one shot team. And at, people don't understand Adams helped a lot in terms of being a screener. Like he screened off a lot of perimeter obstacles for Ja, which allowed him to get into a paint a lot easier. And considering that he has one hand. He kind of would need that right now. That would be very (laughs) valuable because now he's having to maneuver through tough press defense on the perimeter by not just Jared Vanderbilt, but Dennis Schroeder getting up in there too, man. D-Lo, I saw him getting up He had a lot of deflections. A lot of uh, deflections. So he's having to get through all of that. But um, the issue with both of these teams, which is why I think regardless of who wins this series, they going home second round. They don't shoot the ball very well. Um, it's just Memphis has shot the ball way worse than the Lakers. Uh, game one, Memphis hit 13 three-point shots, but the Lakers hit 16. There you go. Game three, where they had that horrible first quarter, Memphis made one of their 13 three-point attempts. That was the game. And then last night, L.A. made 10 of their 36 three-point attempts. Memphis was given 42 threes. They took all of them. 
and only made nine. And my issue with the Grizzlies is a lot of people talk about they're not a great half-court offensive team. The main reason why, they don't have great spacing. And what the Giannis Bucks were able to understand is, you know what, we got we got to get rid of Eric Bledsoe because Eric Bledsoe can't shoot. And if Giannis is our best player and he's a downhill threat because the best aspect of his game is attacking the paint, that paint needs to be as wide open as possible. Only way that could be, only way that can happen, bro. You gotta have shooters, and so they're they only got two knockdown shooters on their team. Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard. That's not enough. So they're gonna move on from Dylan Brooks. The fact that during the trade deadline, they tried to give the Brooklyn Nets four draft picks to get Mikael Bridges, basically told me they understand Dylan Brooks ain't enough, bro, for you to get over the top. Uh, me and Ace were two years ahead of Dylan Brooks. We understood he was trash offensively. He still is trash right now, but. He's going to be a first, second team all defensive guy. So that's yeah. why he's still on the floor. But he's been getting cooked by LeBron James defensively. So it's like you're not playing defense. You're not knocking down shots. Why are you on the floor? I honestly think moving forward, I would sit him and just start David Roddy because David Roddy actually has defended LeBron better. And he ain't well either. But he's a more reliable three point shooter than Dylan Brooks. And so if Taylor is better Jesus defender is like, than Dylan, I don't know. He's in this series, yes. Nah, bro. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm saying in don't this Don't forget, series, Dylan Brooks hit, like, one of the biggest shots in game two that helped him win that game. He did, but they were probably going to win that game anyway. So, I, again, I'm, this okay. is this is not a Dylan Brooks series. Just like it's not a Julius Randle series for the Knicks against the Cavs. And Thibodeau understood in game four, we sitting Julius down, we playing Obi Toppin, we going to let Brunson cook, and they're able to pull away and win. And so that's... That's really an issue with Taylor Jenkins. I, a lot of Memphis fans and media, they're starting to question, is he the long-term answer for them as a franchise going forward? I don't think you pulled a plug on him this year. Adams was hurt. Clark was hurt. You're playing against a Lakers squad that does have AD and LeBron. A lot of media um, guys thought the Lakers would come out on top. So I think he's good now. But Memphis brought in these shooters and any front court depth in the future. And that's getting exploited. That's getting exploited this series. They don't have the two best front court guys. So they continue to get killed on the glass. Um, and they don't have knockdown shooters. So LA is able to, like you say, bro, pack the paint, dare Ja and Dylan Brooks to hit jump shots, and they can't. And one more thing about Ja Morant, phenomenal talent. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was like, bro, De'Aaron Fox is better. But then Ja went on that crazy run. And I was like, bro, I got to give it up to Ja, man. He's a better hooper. But I think for the benefit of his career long term, He's got to get a jump shot, and he's got to get a consistent floater because he continues to throw caution into the wind by going for these highlight reel dunks. And literally, bro, like he almost broke his other hand, bro. Like, bro, like you can't, you can't do that. And in this series in particular, I'm not even just this series, in this playoffs, if you're an airborne guy and somebody slides in to take the charge, they're calling at every time against you. They're calling at every time against you. So. As a player, you have to adjust. And the one way you can adjust, the Euro, the floater, um, change direction at the last second to where if just half of your body hits them, they're going to call a block. But if you try to fly over LeBron, like I'm a dunk on LeBron, LeBron going to take that charge, bro. It's playoff time. And he's going to get it. And so he's got to add those elements to his game to take it to the next level because I think he's a phenomenal playmaker. I think he's a phenomenal athlete. And when he gets in the zone, he's a lethal scorer. If he gets a mid-range and a floater, he becomes unguardable. But I also think the roster around him has to get better 
and it's got to get better by getting shooting. So, look, I think the Grizzlies going to upgrade at the small forward position, and I think next year they'll have a better team oriented around space and depth in the front court to where I don't think a series like this against L.A. will happen again. But these are the lessons that they got to learn, and they're learning it right now. That being said, though, Clem's a little cautious because AD stay getting hurt. I'm a little cautious because I understand, like, look, Memphis probably going to win game five. So the longer this series drags out, we got to be honest with ourselves. Memphis is the younger team. They do like to run up and down. And eventually, AD and LeBron can wear down. So, and if that happens, everything changes. So They're not winning, bro. But I don't think they're winning either. So I, I think yeah. <laughs> I think the Lakers are going to wrap this up in six. But if they don't wrap this up in six, they're going to lose. I mean, that's just, just, just that They're going to no. lose. They're going to lose. Memphis, Memphis will lose game seven on their They will court. lose gonna, game seven. They're, they're immature, bro. They make bonehead mistakes all the time. Like they're not, they're not beating back. I don't if even if AD goes down, bro. I still think like they could win Game Seven in Memphis. Like as long as LeBron doesn't go down, I think they're fine. But we'll see. I don't, I don't, I don't because AD is their team, bro. Like he, he is their team. So if he goes down, I wouldn't go that far. They have but... to play a Game Seven. That's tough. But let's wrap this up in six and uh. We'll leave it at that, man. We'll leave it at that. But number two, Kings, Warriors, 2-2 series, game five mm. tomorrow. De'Aaron Fox just came out, Clem, and he looked like he was in good spirits. He, he talked about how, yo, his his shooting fingers, it's a little broken, chipped at the bone, kind of a similar injury that Kobe Bryant had during his title run. Um, But he looks, he's like, look, we got a protective covering over it. I'm going to play. So he's going to play. Um, How he'll look, we don't know. But he's averaging 31, bro, this series. On 44-34-70 shooting splits, he's giving you seven assists. He's giving you six rebounds per game. But if this guy isn't 100% in terms of being able to hit that midi, being able to hit that three, how much does this change the chances of Sacramento winning this series overall? Um, I think it plays a big part. Um, I can see them still getting one more under their belt, especially game five. I think they're going to come out and really, you know, go at it and fight hard. Um, but winning the next two out of three, I just don't think that's going to happen. Primarily because I think Sabonis has been neutralized a bit. Um, Draymond Green has gotten in his head and he hasn't played up to the standard. You know, he's, I feel like he's a little bit too focused on trying to be physical than just like picking apart guys. Cause he's outside of Fox down the stretch, he's been like a big part of their offense, like as a facilitator. Um, and I think Draymond has done a pretty good job of taking that away from him. Um, and then obviously getting in his head. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can continue to like fight through that and, and, and get a win. I think playing in Sacramento would definitely help that. But they're definitely going to need him to step up. Monk has has had his games, too, where he's proven he can step up and play big. Keegan Murray just had a game. I think they're going to win game five, but I can see them losing six and seven, um, and which will be a monstrous game seven, which would be crazy because the Warriors have been terrible on the road. 
but I, I'm pretty sure they also have like the the longest winning streak for playoff road wins. So I feel like there's a Stephen Curry, you know, top 12 player ever performance coming out in um, like a game seven that that they'll probably need. Or hey, they might steal one game five. But I think I think I think Sack will win at least one more game. Um and I don't know, man. I think Fox can play through it, you know? He's a tough kid. He's from Texas, you know? Well, he's from Louisiana, but he grew up in Texas. Uh, yeah, uh, New Orleans kid, Katrina of, kid. Yeah, from New Orleans, yeah. Houston. So, yeah. Um, Look, and I, I saw the clips. He was shooting that thing pretty well. So, I think yeah. they'll probably be 80%. And at this point, that's good. 80% in the playoffs, bro, that's like 100. Good enough. <laughs> so, that's good <laughs> enough. Now, look, he's... He's been offsetting Steph Curry. Like, so Curry has been phenomenal this series. 49% from the field, 40% from three, 95% from the line. He's averaging 31.5 points per game. So, look, Fox is going to be there. So that's cool. That's huge. But I I still need a game of Herder, Sabonis, and Murray all playing at least decent together. Um, We're going to – let's talk about Sabonis. Sabonis, honestly, is the key because – we all understood Fox was going to get his. Like, the Warriors struggle with athletic guards. They struggle with Morant last year. I knew Fox was going to give him that business because I think Fox is a better offensive scorer than Morant is. He shoots better. So, and he's doing that. But Sabonis, I thought in game two when he suspended Draymond, tricked him. I thought he cleared that hurdle where maybe he thought mentally, I right, cool. I kind of got these dudes where I want them. Now I'm going to really play my game. That that never happened. They went to San Francisco, and he still tried to bully his way to the cup. And Looney outplayed him in game three. And then in game four, there was just too many crucial possessions, bro, where he had the ball, and he was right at the basket. And instead of just using that touch that I know he has, he's trying to bully through guys and power, overpower them with jumpers. And it's like, bro, you're not Dwight Howard. You're not primed to White Howard where you can just bully ball somebody and athletically overpower them and slam them through the hole. Like, that's not your game. It's not. So, look, Keegan Murray, game four, 9-13 shooting, 5-7 from deep. That was his best game in the series. But besides that game, he's been MIA. He's been almost unplayable. Kevin Herter, Clem, has made three threes the whole series. That That's not good. That's not good enough. He's taken 21. He's made three threes. The whole series. Harrison Barnes, brick the game winner, bro. Brick the game winner, just like he bricked all them threes in 2016. He's shooting 25% from the three. So it's going to come down to the Kings' complimentary pieces. They got to deliver. And I agree. I think they'll win game five. But I'm going to say this about the Warriors, bro. Like, I don't think this is a team that can win game seven. Like, I think if they want to win this series, they got to get game five tomorrow like they got it and i and i saw curry's how do i put it um, urgency he was like bro like we ain't won a game a role game yet we let's get game five because i think he knows where i ain't trying to come back here because i'm gonna also say this I don't really bring up the refs like this in our analysis but i'm gonna go there the refs are very biased this series to the home team so you don't want to go to a game seven in sack and it comes down to some calls and you're like, bro, we're not getting them. And you just got to chalk up as, bro, we on the road. And so 
this is the game the Warriors need to win. They need to win game five. They kind of have all the momentum at this point. They almost blew game four away. You know, Curry sabotaged <laughs> himself down the stretch. It was odd. It was weird. Slander would have been generational if they lost. But look, De'Aaron Fox has done what he's supposed to do. Malik Monk has done what he's supposed to do. Um, Davion Mitchell, one of my favorite um, co- collegiate prospects coming in that draft a few years ago. He's played phenomenal defense on Steph Curry and has given them some type of offensive mm. burst. So those three guys have been consistent. I need Sabonis. I need Herter. I need Murray to be on one accord for just one game or one or two games. And I think that's what's going to be needed because I don't think they can get by with Fox dropping 40 and then that's it. Like they're going to need 20 and 10 from Sabonis. They're going to need 18 from Murray. They're going to need 18 from Herter. And why not do it at home in front of the home crowd? You know, the rim like no one other because you've played there all year. So game five is pretty big. Pretty big for both. And you know, teams. you know, Clay, Clay got one game in him. He, he, he do. Get you one. Game six, Clay. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, he was you one. He was killing it. Game four. You know, I've I've been hard on Clay all year. Don't personally like the guy as an individual, but I gotta <laughs> call a spade a spade. That's he was crazy. Smoking hot at game four. Don't like Clay. Right, bro. Clay last few years at exposed. He's an asshole. He's an a hole, bro. But hey, I mean, hey, I mean, look. A lot of cats are. It's cool. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's not talked about a lot because he used to just be the quiet dude that smoked weed all the time and shoot threes. So we yeah. never really knew, like, oh, he a hole. But in game four, he was on one. And we know he got a game in him too, and that game is usually game six clay. So if you're the Kings, you would rather be a three-two going to Golden State, not having to worry about, bro, we gotta get this one to force it home. And I'm I'm gonna put it this way. Whoever wins game five is gonna win the series. I think I think this Warriors. is good because because the way the refs have called these games, the way both teams would just look drastically different as a collective on their home floor to when they're away. Yeah. So if the Warriors are able to get one in five, they're winning in six. If the Kings get one in five, they're winning in seven. I mean, that's and you, you, you know what Draymond gonna do when he see that hand, right? Of course, he's gonna hit it. And, 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 Fox, and, and Fox Fox is talking at Jazz to him. He was at the end of the game, was. so you know he, Draymond. Right. Jeremiah, look at his chops. Oh, yeah, he looked at his <laughs> he chops. Like, he was. He, he was. Goes, he was. I, I, I expect game five, bro. Game five is going to be so physical. It's going to be so physical. It's going to be great uh, theater. It's, it's going to be great TV, great basketball. Can't wait to see. Now, up next, Philadelphia 76ers, Clint. Only sweep of the playoffs, swept the Nets. Got him up out yeah. of here. But Joel Embiid is hurt once again. Again. We're hurt. Rumored he suffered a PCL sprain. That's the same injury that's kept Steven Adams out for three months. Um, mm. Suffered it. Game three victory against the Nets. He'll only be 50% when the second round rolls around. Looks like they're going to play the Celtics. Mm. Um, he's going to have a knee brace on, so he's going to have to be playing with a knee brace. Not 100%. He did average 20, 11, and 4 on 46% shooting in the first round. But we can agree a lot of that was Jacques Vaughn and Nets was doubling the heck out of him. But... Would it be not 100% against Boston? They're going to have to really lean on Maxi, Harden, and Harris to come through consistently for them to beat Boston. Seems like a very daunting task. Mm. Scale of 1 to 10, Clum, how much faith do you have in Philly with a less than 100% Joel Embiid winning this series against Boston to go to the Eastern Conference Finals? One. 
and that's how many games they'll be lucky to win. One, because I didn't even think they were gonna win more than two. Well, more than three. I I, I thought they would lose in six to Boston, regardless. Um, but I mean, what can we say? I just, it's like, it's the same story every year. And you know what? Foolish me. I blame yeah. myself because yeah. I picked them to go to the finals. You did. Why? Why did I do that? Why yeah. did I do that? I mean, well, at the beginning of the year, my preseason pick, uh, my postseason pick different, but yet and still, man, like it's, they're not going to win. And I mean, I think their best bet is the Hawks extending this series to slow down maybe Robert Williams because he's injury prone as well. And I and then even at that, I was going to say, like, maybe he's the only one that can really guard and be. But Horford has historically done the best Able. job on and beat. I mean, damn, yeah. they they paid him to come to the 76ers just so and didn't have to play him every year. Right. And he lost with him there. So it's just it's not it's not working out, man. I think I don't know who they need to trade for this offseason, but Harden's obviously like one foot out the door. Even when they were healthy, their playing style. I love the way Maxi plays. He plays like someone who like wants to win, but he has his defensive limitations. Obviously, Harden has this. Tobias Harris is inconsistent, doesn't always show up. Harden inconsistent doesn't always show up. And the part that pisses me off the most about them is they play to shoot free throws. And we know in the postseason they call the game differently. So yeah. every year the same stuff happens. James Harden, instead of like going all the way to the hole strong, he'll make that one power dribble and then he'll try to draw the foul. And he's not getting getting back on defense. So now the other team's running. You're already a slow team. And then you're giving the the uh, opposition four on five fast breaks over and over and over again. So they were going to lose the way. It's just you know, they can play in their Cancun trip earlier. Yeah, man. Uh, but look, I stand by what I said, even when I heard Embiid. This is their best roster since 2019. And, you know, there's some, some promising things you can hold on to. Like, yeah. Tobias Harris had his best playoff series as a Sixer. Shot 56% from the field, 57% from three to miss any of his free throws. Average 20 a game. Tyrese Maxey gave you 21.8 a game on 47% shooting. And then Harden made 42% of his threes and then gave you eight assists as well. Now, James Harden continuously was horrible at finishing <laughs> around the rim. Like, he couldn't make layups to save his life that series. But, you know, he was serving it up. And they've got P.J. Tucker, got Jay McDaniels. They have spacing. They have shooters. So that's good. But, ah, bro, it, I'm going to say it too. So I'm like one above you. And it's just... You know, but we talked about this heading into the playoffs. We were like, yeah, bro, Joel's, Joel is going to find a way to get hurt during the postseason. And he got hurt in the first round. Just like last year, he got hurt in the first round, which is why he lost his six to Miami. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen because Harden, well, I think Harden is better than what he was last year. He ain't Houston hard, bro. Like, he's literally, he's Jason Kidd. <laughs> In the office, like old Jason <laughs> Kidd. Like, it's like, I, I'm serving up dimes, but if you want me to, like, run off a stretch of points, I can't do it for you, which is why in yeah. game four or game three, what's it, game three, Tyrese Maxey closed. Tobias mm -hmm. Harris is closing. And they can do it occasionally, but those guys closing 
instead of Embiid because Embiid's 50% in comparison to Tatum and Brown. And they got Brogdon now too. And Derek and White is White playing at an unbelievable playing. clip as well. Man. And Robert this, Williams this is still a, healthy. I know. And this is a Boston team. They shoot a lot of threes. They're not as good as what they were defensively. I think this Boston team is not as good as what they were a year ago, but they're going to be better than everybody else in the East this year, bro. Like Because I don't know if Milwaukee's getting out of the first round, and if they do, they've got flaws clearly because we'll look what Miami is doing with just Jimmy Butler and three-point shooting role guys. And so for the Sixers, bro, this is disappointing because Embiid was crying and crying and moaning for the MVP all year. You're going to get it. But in Embiid fashion, he gets hurt in the playoffs. And it's going to look real awkward, buddy. If Jokic gets to the finals and you're home in the second round Look, hurts. And and bro. and bro, I, I think I think Giannis is gonna pull through. But number one, even if they pull through and he has to play with this back pain all the way to the finals, like that's probably gonna give Jokic the edge to win. And if they don't win or or get to the finals and lose to the Celtics and Jokic Wins then, like, we got some conversations we need to be having. We got some conversations because Jokic slander has been crazy. I understand why. He's a white guy, not from America. I get all that. But he can hoop. I want to give myself yeah. a pat on the back. I was two years ahead of Jokic. I said Jokic was a top five player two years ago. It's proving me right now. However, with Embiid and the Sixers, it's just I feel bad for Doc because I don't think it's going to be Doc's fault this year. Um, I actually think this is probably one of his better coaching jobs. He's finally he finally played Paul Reed a lot. I don't think he has a choice. <laughs> I mean, they were playing but, the Nets though. Like, come on, let's yeah, playing Nets, too play Nets. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, can't give like, too much credit, but can't give him too much credit. But he played Paul Reed. All right, put the ball in Maxie's hands more, realizing Harden ain't the guy down the and it worked. But it's the Nets, all right? To be fair though, I thought the Nets could get two games. Should have got game three. Right? But this is why this is why I wanted Miami to win. Because I thought they could have beat them, and I think it would have been a better series. Because I know Joel's going to get hurt, bro. So yeah. I was like, it would just be a better series to see the Celtics versus the Heat than a hurt 76ers, Joel Embiid, with James Harden choking. Because it's like we've seen this movie. We've seen, we've seen it before. Over and over, and I'm tired of seeing it. I don't care if it's free. I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to see it. And, bro, the way I don't want to see it. The way MB got hurt, though, too, bro. He he flopped his way to an injury. Bro, it's, it's and, always, bro. But, 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 but that goes back to what you said a few minutes ago, bro. When they come into the playoffs, they play it like it's regular season, bro. And don't you can't stop flopping. Do that, bro. You, you can't, can't do, do that. that. You can't. Especially do when that. you fall down every two seconds, bro. Every two seconds. So it's it's tough. They're going home in the second round. And I don't think Harden's coming back. So he's, they got some questions. He's out of there. So now Embiid's injury prone yet again. How are they going to reconstruct their roster to compete in the East? Because next year in the East, Cleveland's going to be better. Boston's going to be better. Uh, we'll see about Milwaukee because Chris Middleton's a free agent. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. They got some decisions there. But Cleveland and Boston will be better. Orlando, we expect to be a playoff team next year. Right? Uh, Miami, I think... Maybe Pat Riley gets his head out of his butt and realizes, hey, let's get some more talent up in here. Maybe we could be, <laughs> they could be a factor. So I'm Brooklyn's trying to get Dane. You know, if Dane comes to Brooklyn, like, bro, like Philly's window, 
That's why you got to strike when the iron's hot. Their window was 2019. Yeah. When they were up 3-2 against the – against the were they up 3-2? No. When they were up 2-1 against the Raptors, game yeah. four, it was up big, and then Kawhi dogged them. And then in game seven, they were up kind of most of the game, and then Kawhi dogged. That was their chance. That was yeah. their chance, and they didn't maximize it. So now it's going to be a huge what if. And that's where I'm at with the Sixers, man. They they go on home round two. Now, the cap it all off, bro. It's looking like Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, second round, Western Conference semifinals. Bro, I'm I'm gonna throw this to you. I think the winner of this series is going to the NBA finals. Yeah. You agree? Yep. That's how I got in my bracket. I got I got the Nuggets beating the Suns. And then I got um the Nuggets beating the Warriors in the conference finals. And then the Nuggets going to the finals and uh, losing to the Bucks. That's that's how I have it scripted. And I think it's still going to be a very high-level Western Conference preview. But um, like I said, I think the Nuggets, originally I had them at six, but I think it may take seven just because yeah. of the scoring prowess of KD and um, Book. But – I just think right now there's just too much minutes for KD and CP. Like, I mean, I know KD is still, like, making it look easy. I just don't trust him at this age with that much minute. Low. Same with LeBron. Like, he can still do it, but I feel yeah. like the longer he does it, the more chance he has of, like, flaming out, you know, somewhere down the postseason. And – we were talking about this in the chat the other day, too. This is why I wanted them to buy out Russ. And I know it wasn't going to happen because him and KD, they're not cool like that. And I, I get it. I get it. But, like, and also Russ would never want to, like, come off the bench for Chris Paul. But <laughs> in a perfect world, like, he would have been perfect with this team. Perfect. You slide it because you know CP, like, his injury's coming, too. You know, him and oh, B, oh, yeah, 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 every sure. year is just, for it's sure. just, it, it, AD is it's And the campaign, campaign already hurt, too, so if he's He's down, a game-time decision. Yeah. Um, So, like, Russ's effort and energy right now, especially when he's playing defense, that would have been crazy for them. But um, Monty Williams, even, is, like, not – there's like six guys he really wants to play, you know. Boy, yeah, he like, knows. Yeah. Oh, Koji, put him in, like pull him, pull him right out. Jack Landell, pull him out. Beyond Bull, pull him out. So it's like it's really Tory Craig. And I mean, Aiton is, you know, doing Aiton things. Just sometimes yeah. you forget he's there. Sometimes True. you realize, oh yeah, he's playing tonight. Right. Um, but even more so than that, like, and I know it's a, it's against the Wolves who probably are the second most immature team. No, definitely the most right now. Um, Grizzlies second most, but <laughs> Michael Porter Jr., man, 19 and eight, looking yeah. good. And it's, right. it's looking Jamal effective Murray, too. Yeah. 25, six and seven. It's looking good. It is. All right. Gordon, yeah. 13 and seven, looking yeah. good. Even KCP averaging double. So you got all the starters averaging double figures, right? Now, we know Murray's probably not going to stay as consistent at 25, 6, and 7 for the entire playoffs. You won't. I can see that dip into like a 22. Yeah. 22, I think the assistant rebounds will stay. But he's looking like himself. He's doing his magicianry, like off one leg, step back, 
Like yeah. he has like a little like prime Nash like shot selection thing he'd be doing. Like he'll just dribble around the basket and before you know it, turn off the right yeah, shoulder, yeah, turn. Uh-uh. go off the wrong yeah. leg, but it's just like it just and looks good and it goes yeah. in and he looks confident. He looks like himself. He's dunking. MPJ is shooting with so much confidence right now. And Gordon just looks like the perfect fit there. So, man, I don't I don't see them losing this series. But, yeah, man, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Nuggets, Bro, I, I got Nuggets. I was, I was nuggets just like is, you, Nuggets man. are six. I'll be generous and maybe say seven, but they looking too good, bro. I was just like you. I was thinking Nuggets and six, but then I keep, you know, oh, the the last, bro, the last three games the Nuggets played against the Wolves. I'm like, oh my God. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, listen, listen. Gotta listen, though. Last three games they played <laughs> against the Wolves, I was like, yeah, this, yeah, they probably gonna go seven with the Suns. And then I'm, okay. I'm not, I'm not. And then game seven, Suns, it is in the, it is in Denver. But the last time I saw Denver in the game seven, now granted, this is when it was babies. They lost to Portland and they came out with no energy. And oh, they beat yeah. uh, the Clippers in a bubble. In game seven. Oh, the bubble, the bubble, the bubble. I'm talking about on their home floor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, on their home floor. Game seven on their home floor. Didn't come out with a lot of energy and they didn't play well, but CJ killed him. So, what I'm, what I'm saying, but that's a long time ago. So, I'm not going to hold that against yeah, them. But, yeah. But game seven with Durant and Booker, two bucket getters. I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm say Nuggets, and here's why I'm gonna say Nuggets. Um, Jokic is the key. Um, if you have no answer for Jokic, you lose. And Jokic had 43 points in game four against the Wolves, but in a weird way, even though he had 43, I thought Rudy Gobert did a pretty good job defending him. Still had 43, but. If somebody else tagged alone for the ride, like Porter Jr., Jamal Murray didn't shoot particularly well. Jamal Murray shot decently. They find a way to win. But, you know, Yogi has been phenomenal. Got to find an answer for him. I don't trust Aiton's the answer. I don't trust Biombo's the answer on Lawndale. And if you can't stop Jokic, the next best thing you can do is you got to make him work on a defensive end. And A, be tripping mm-hmm. sometimes, bro. Like, he don't really be knowing what to do. It's, it's weird. So, is that. Porter Jr. has been sneakily phenomenal in the playoffs, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know he can yeah. shoot. Bro, he's putting the ball on the floor. He's going to the basket. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He gets some post-up action. Bro, bro got a new he back. Making... I don't know who back he, he got. got a new back, bro. He got a back. <laughs> I'm got like, no. So if he's going like... he to have that with Jamal Murray, like, look, Jamal Murray, I'm sorry. He's still hella inconsistent. But we know inconsistent and all, he's giving you 20. And yeah. then Gordon has it took a it took a it took a year he's fit perfectly with Jokic like perfectly he knows Jokic is gonna feed me underneath and I'm I'm gonna maximize it at the rim bro and then their bench Bruce Brown and Braun are ultimate hustle guys they run the floor they're active in passing lanes and they rock the rim they make their presence known I got them in seven bro I, I think they're gonna get to the conference finals but it's gonna be tough as hell bro it's gonna be tough as hell because Denver is Still not that good of a defensive team. And I think and that's the, Min- yeah. they're not. And Minnesota has shown, as they've shown all year, when Gobert and Towns don't play together, they're way more effective offensively. The lane's a lot more open. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Evers can go downhill a lot more effectively. So now, against the Suns, they're not going to play two big lines. It's going to be Paul, Booker, Durant, Craig, 
Aiton. They're gonna have four shooters. And now we know the here's what the, we know how the Clippers are defending the Suns. It's we're gonna leave Craig open and Paul open and just ignore Aiton's existence. And we're gonna attract all the attention to Durant and then single up Booker. I don't know if Denver's gonna execute the same defensive strategy. And they may not have to because they may feel like, yo, we got KCP, we got Bruce Brown, mm-hmm. we got Braun. So we we feel comfortable singling up. But I think you gotta you gotta double Devin Booker. You gotta double Devin Booker. I, I think you yeah, can, I, was... I don't I don't think you can single up DB, bro. Because Durant Durant is like LeBron at this point in his career. He could summon it up. But guarding Durant like he's 26 in his staunch prop doesn't make sense to me. All right, he's gonna get his. He's gonna get it very efficiently. I can live with Durant at 35, injury prone. He's gonna have to get 40 on me. Who cares? But if you let Devin Booker heat up and then you decide to trap him late, he's splitting that, he playmaking. And also, bro, Chris Paul, I get all that, leave him open. Chris Paul, bro, he can still shoot the ball. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I wouldn't advise you to just leave him open all series like the Clippers have. So I'm intrigued to see Malone's defensive strategy against these guys because that's going to be the ultimate test. I just feel like Yogi's in his prime. Porter Jr.'s turned the corner. They deep as hell and they got home court. Got Nuggets in seven. I do. It's looking up. It's looking it's up. Looking up. So you might have been right on that. Well, Nuggets year, bro. It's stay year. It's stay year, man. It's stay year. I'm, hey, I, I'm going to be rooting for a good series, bro, because I want KD to do well, but I want Yoke to do well. So I don't really care who win that series, bro. I feel like yeah, whoever wins. Book my guy. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. So, I, I, you know, book, I, book I want Book to win. Yeah, book, book becoming my guy, too. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. see, because my only issue with Booker was he got to do it when it matter, and he does. So yeah. I was like, all right. Averaging so, 30, what, 35 for the series? 35 for the series. He's been phenomenal. Try to like, take a Sean, bro. He the best shooting guard. The Sean is being Choking it away over there. Choking it away, bro. Come on. Come on. But um, that's it for episode 12 of NBA Intel with yours truly, Kimbuba, Monty, my co-host, Clement Gibson. We'll try to be back with you guys next week. By this time next week, we should kind of know who's in the second round. And then we can kind of break that down and address and see who's who and what's what and go from there. But without further ado, you'll see me and Clem later. Holla at you next time. Peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.